you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. When naysayers said that it couldn't be done and that it would never happen, I want to thank them for putting God to the challenge because God is going to have a church. Now watch the Delphi Avenue building sell and phase 1.5 be possible and phase 2 become possible. It will happen with the blessings and the favor of God. And I look forward to the fulfillment of those promises. Words of prophecy have been spoken over this congregation and confirmed in the mouths of multiple witnesses. Not to lift us up but to give us a glimpse of God's intention for CLC. Those words of prophecy have indicated the potential that lies within us as a congregation. These words have been promises from God, promises of unfathomable revival, and it is coming. I'm going to say that one more time. Promises of unfathomable revival, and it is coming. Promises of provision, promises that your sons and your daughters will return, promises of dominion and spiritual authority in our city and in our region. And in case there are any doubts, if God said it, it will come to pass. He's not a man that he could lie, but every promise is yea and amen. Every time that we gather together within these four walls, we expect the presence of God to meet us here because it's the norm. Matthew 18 and 20 rings true for CLC. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. God meets us here every time that we gather together. We have experienced mighty moves of God. Moves of God that have left us speechless, causing us to linger and not want to go home many times. We've experienced powerful corporate worship. Worship that has ushered us into the throne room of God. Worship that has created a highway for God to enter into this room and to do the miraculous among his people. Worship that has unified us in one mind and in one accord to the point that we have gotten a taste of the book of Acts 
I'm thankful that the presence of God meets us here. We have experienced moments that have changed us. Moments at the altar where lives have been transformed. Where God has done a work that only God can do. Giving peace that only he can give. Restoring what only he can restore. Moments and the altar that have defined our callings where God has spoken direction to us. Moments at the altar where God has filled souls with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. Life-changing moments where young lives are shaped and older generations teach younger generations by their example in the altar. Is anyone else grateful to be a part of the church of the living God? Ministries have begun out of this church that are having significant impact in the kingdom. Brother Alfonso Suarez tonight is in California, but he so graciously took my phone call today because I had a few questions for him. You see, Brother Alfonso has established an online Bible college called Apostolic Bible Institute. He decided that he was going to take the church outside of the four walls of a building. And he is reaching people that he otherwise would not be able to reach. And teaching people that he would otherwise not be able to teach. The last go around for the Bible college, they had six teachers from the United States, from Mexico, from Venezuela, from Chile, from Colombia, and from Bolivia. That's pretty amazing within itself. They had 60 students in six different countries in the United States, in Mexico, students in Venezuela, students in Colombia, students in Ecuador, and students in Peru. And of those, they had two graduating classes because he decided to take the church out of the four walls of a building. He told me that they are getting ready to relaunch in January. And as of now, without any advertisement, they already have 20 students waiting to start classes. And these students are located in France. What an amazing way to make an impact on the kingdom of God. Several years ago, two young boys in junior high weren't happy with the atmosphere of their school. And they had a burden to take the church outside of the four walls of a building. So they began a Bible study uh, group called I Pray. Yes, there was a price to be paid. They were referred to as Bishop Spencer and Pastor Dylan and Preacher Boys. But one Thursday at a time, they began to change the atmosphere of their school. By the end of eighth grade, over 100 students were gathered for Bible study every week. And the impact of I Pray was more than a local impact because national UPCI leaders took notice. 
As a result, today, there are I Pray clubs in Washington State, Oregon, California, Nevada, Utah, Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, North Carolina, uh, South Carolina, Virginia, West Virginia, Kentucky, Missouri, Iowa, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, Michigan, Maine, New Brunswick, Ontario, Hawaii, and Alaska, all as a result of two boys that took the church outside of the four walls of a building. Wouldn't it be incredible if they started popping up in every state, in the Philippines, in Kenya, in South Africa, in the United States, or United Kingdom, in Russia, in the Middle East, and all across the world. It is possible. All that it takes is for young people to get a burden to take the church outside of the four walls of a building. It can happen. We have begun daughter works in Lebanon and in Lafayette, the rock. Uh, in Lafayette and CLC Lebanon, they are impacting their cities, and I praise God for that. Souls are being touched. They are being baptized in Jesus' name and receiving the Holy Ghost. Don't have a baptistry? No worries. We can use a horse trough or we'll use a swimming pool if we have to. We've had church in the most unconventional places. A hotel room at a Holiday Inn Express can transform into a sanctuary with a little bit of work. A sweet presence of God met us there many times. Lebanon's very first Sunday school class was held there with a little boy who said, I, don't, I know who Santa Claus is, but I don't know who Jesus is. And you have not experienced church until you have experienced it in a karate dojo. How many miss the karate dojo? In that jojo, we minister to families that were in shambles with little hope. We crammed into that little room and sang like we were standing on an NAYC stage with all of our hearts and with all of our might. We grilled hot dogs in the parking lot and gave away backpacks and watched people go into the theater looking at us like, what in the world are you doing? God miraculously provided for us a building because, yes, pastor, our miracle met us. When we went there, we've had drug addicts and drug dealers come looking for something different than what they had ever experienced before. On two different occasions, people just driving by felt compelled to stop and to come in and to see what was happening. And God has met us regardless of where we were and who was there and has ministered to lives in a powerful way. I'm thankful for the church, not just the four walls of a building, but going outside. I'm thankful for the church of the living God. Our children, our youth, and our young adults have been a major focus for all of our campuses. 
Sunday school classes are being taught on a weekly basis. Children who have never heard about Jesus are learning Bible verses and hearing basic Bible stories for the very first time, and I rejoice in it. Our young people and young adults are identifying their callings at a young age through volunteerism at each of our locations and at events that are geared towards them. Children are being taught to pray kingdom prayers that are shaking heaven. Thank God for the church. Thank God for the ministries of the church. Where would our families be without the church? I praise God for the church. The type of church that I have portrayed to you tonight doesn't just happen by osmosis. It isn't a result of a group of people who are perfect or rank up there in God's top ten. Quite the contrary, as a matter of fact. I wonder sometimes just how pleased or how displeased that the Lord actually is with us. This church hasn't happened because our elders paid their dues and now we get to reap the dividends. It is, however, the result of people who willingly present their bodies as a living sacrifice. They sacrifice their time when they would be uh, they would rather be doing something else. They sacrifice their personal desires. They present their talents and their treasures to the Lord, not out of obligation, but from willing hearts to further the kingdom of God because they understand that it is their reasonable service. It is the least that we can do. It's the least that we can do because he saved us. Because he's extended grace and mercy to us instead of what we actually deserve. It's our reasonable service because he's healed us. Because he's given us a right mind when a lot of us would have lost our minds. I'm thankful it is our reasonable service to give back and further the kingdom of God. This type of church is the result of a man of God who isn't satisfied with a maintenance church. I don't want to be a maintenance church. I want to be a church that's on the move, a church that is growing. It's the result of a man of God who weekly brings messages to this congregation, challenging us to be better, challenging us to reach for greater, challenging us to make ourselves available to God and to grow his kingdom. He compels us to take the church outside of the four walls of the building. I'm thankful for a man of God. I'm thankful for a pastor who brings to us truth, who brings to us a challenge to change. You see, this is our church. This is my church. This is your church. We ought to love the church more than we love anything else, more than our job, more than our hobbies, more than even our families. I know that's not a popular thing, but we ought to love the church more than we love anything else. The church should be our priority. 
it should be at the top of our priority list. We ought to protect the church and fight for the church. Don't ever let somebody talk to you against the church. If they even start, you should shut them down and let them know these are not open ears that's going to listen to negativity about my church. Don't ever entertain conversations that are divisive against the ministries of the church. Don't align yourself with rebellious spirits that vex the ministry and complain about the church not being what they want it to be. When someone gets on social media and talks against the church, honey, they're talking about you because you are the church. You ought to shut it down. You ought to take offense to that. Don't amen it. Don't like it. Don't support it. But shut it down. This is our church. We are the church. I rebuke every spirit of division in Jesus' name. Those spirits are of the enemy, and they don't belong in the church. The church ought to be unified. We ought to protect the church. You see, those type of spirits, they steal unity. They kill churches that are thriving and alive. They destroy individuals who entertain them. Not today, devil. Not on my watch. Not with me. Uh, not standing up and saying something. These type of attacks will not stand against the church. God will expose them. But let me remind somebody that what the Bible says about these type of campaigns in the church. Upon this rock, I will build my church, says the Lord, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It's your church it's my church. It's God's church. It's uh, the church that is victorious. We ought to stand for the church. I fear sometimes that we are so blessed that we have become spoiled and even calloused to exactly how blessed that we actually are. It is easy to get into a mentality that the church is for our liking or that the church is for our pleasure or that the church is for meeting our needs exactly how we want it and exactly when we want it. Yes, everything that we need is in the church, but the church isn't about us. It isn't about a building. It's about souls being saved. The church was never meant to stay within the four walls of a building. We'll get trapped if we keep the church within the four walls. The enemy would like for us to keep the church within the four walls. Because if he can get us to keep it in the four walls, then he has us confined. And the people that are out there that need to hear the gospel will never hear the gospel. The church that we see in the New Testament was dynamic thriving, and constantly on the move. It was never a prisoner of buildings. We see the early church meeting in the temple and in the synagogue, in the street, beside the sea, on a hillside, in public places, in homes, at a well. The church met the needs of the poor. They fed the hungry. The early church offered healing to the lame. It offered sight to the blind. They preached the gospel to captives while they themselves were in chains. 
They cast out demons that hindered the gospel being heard. The early church didn't need pulpits to minister. They didn't need titles and a minister's license. They didn't expect the church leaders to do all of the soul winning. They all ministered. They all were the church. We see in the New Testament that the disciples put structure to the church to teach the people and to instruct them and to put a plan of action together for the purpose of winning souls. But the church took the message to the streets, to the highways, and to the byways. They took laymen by the hand and told them to walk. They converted shipwrecked individuals who were taking them to face their accusers. They prayed prayers that healed the sick. This is a portrait of the church that we should be reflecting. The church is more than a building. The church is greater than Christian Life Church. This is a great church, and we are blessed, but the church is bigger than what we are. We don't have the corner on the market. The members of the church number in the millions beyond the 300 that comprise this congregation. The scripture says, for as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one member is uh, one of another. CLC, yes, we are the church, but there is a bigger picture than what we often see. You see, not every church looks like ours. Not every congregation looks like us. Not every building as is, is as beautiful as ours is. Not every pastor ministers in the best settings. Not every church is as blessed as we are. But that doesn't make a difference. We are all the church. You see, they worship the same God that we worship. Some dance before the Lord on dirt floors. And guess what? The Lord smiles on their worship, just like he smiles on our worship. Many gather together to study scriptures in settings that we would consider uncomfortable. They fellowship with like-minded believers. Men run bus routes that we would openly laugh at or even worse yet, turn our nose up. They don't demand big stages and spotlights. They make pulpits, pulpits wherever they can to spread the gospel. They pray with people that many of us would shy away from because we would be afraid. They baptize souls in dirty river water. They convert people who have been deceived 
by false doctrines. They baptized people in Jesus' name with crowds of unbelievers looking on, and they're not ashamed. They use whatever resources necessary to immerse souls in the precious name of Jesus because they're the church. If we are going to be the church, we have to be willing to take whatever measures necessary to get the gospel outside of the four walls of a building and reach souls who are hungry, who are desperate, who don't have hope, that the only thing that they'll ever know of Jesus Christ is what they see in you, in me. We've got to get the church out of the four walls of a building. You see, these pictures that I shared with you are from United Pentecostal Church, churches and works all over the world. This is a portrait of the church taking the gospel outside of the four walls of the building and doing whatever that we can do to minister to souls. Doing whatever we can where we are with what we've got. There is a world that needs Jesus. Your neighbors need to be saved. Your co-workers deserve to hear the truth of the word of God presented to them. Your lost family members warrant your efforts and energy to reach them. I'm trying to compel this congregation to be the church. Wherever you are, whatever opportunity that you have, be the church to a lost and a dying world. Jesus never commanded the church to gather within the four walls of a building and to stay there. He commanded his church to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Who are we to confine the church within a building? Who are we to put the church in our comfort box because we can't bear the thought of stepping outside of our comfort zones? Who are we to set boundaries for how much time and energy we give to the work of, the, of God? There is work to be done, and there are souls to be saved, and we are living on borrowed time. Jesus is coming and we will stand before God and we will answer to him why we didn't take the church to our communities and why we didn't take the church and the message to our neighborhood. There are souls that need to be saved. God is not impressed with our excuses. They say that excuses are only good for those who make them. We will stand before God and very soon and answer for every excuse that we made. Let me remind you of the weight of responsibility that lies on us. To him that knows to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. We know what to do. We don't have any excuse, excuses. We are commissioned to go. It is our responsibility to be the church. It's our responsibility to win the lost. 
God is not going to give us a pass for working ourselves into the ground because we like the security of overtime and didn't have time to work for him. Our work for the kingdom of God must be our first priority. Winning souls must be a priority. If we are truly followers of Christ, then we will become fishers of men. A portrait of the church is a church that does what Jesus commanded it to do. Jesus commanded his church to go. He commanded his church to follow him, to follow his lead and follow his example. He commanded his church to be fishers of men. He commanded his church to let their light shine in their world. He commanded his church to be a witness. He commanded his church to seek first the kingdom of God. He commanded us to be servants. He commanded us to humble ourselves and to pray. He commanded us to bring in the poor. He commanded us to go into the highways and the byways, areas that are not glamorous, and to reach the lost and compel them to come. He commanded his church to love their neighbor and to prefer their brother. He commanded his church to make disciples, and none of us are exempt. He commanded his church to pray for their enemies. He commanded his church to be witnesses. He commanded his church to minister to orphans and to widows. He commanded his church to take the whole gospel to the whole world by starting with their world. I've said it before and I'll say it again. The people that you can reach, I'll never be able to reach. And the people that I could reach may not be people that you can reach. But we're all commissioned to go. We're all commissioned to make disciples. We're all commissioned to win the lost. It is time for the church to be the church For the church to reach outside of the walls of a building and to reach the lost. We find an account in the book of Esther where Esther's uncle, Mordecai, uh, warned Esther that just because she was in the king's palace and had favor with the king, that she would not be exempt from the schemes against the Jews. In fact, Esther, because of her status, was being uh, held responsible and was being called upon to take action. Mordecai posed this question to Esther, and who knows whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Mordecai had enough spiritual discernment to know the answer to this question. He knew that Esther had been positioned for that very moment. I have a word tonight for Christian Life Church that is deep in my spirit. 
You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. You are set aside for such a time as this. It's time to be what God has called us to be. It's time for the church of the living God to be the church. It's time to be the portrait that uh, is set before us in the book of Acts. See, they continued in what was established on the day of Pentecost. They were steadfast in the doctrine. They had fellowship with one another. They were fervent in prayer. They maintained unity. They had all things in common and did not let anything divide them. They took care of those in need. They had singleness of heart. They praised God. They gained favor with all people. They took the gospel and it spread like wildfire. And as a result, the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. If Christian Life Church and every member of this church would make up in their mind that we are going to be the church. We are going to take this message and we are going to reach our city and reach our region and reach the lost. Then God will give us revival unprecedented. I can stand here and say that I'm tired of seeing empty altars, empty of people who need salvation. I can say that I'm tired of seeing the baptismal tank every uh, service with the lid on it and the waters of baptism not being troubled. But if we don't go into our cities and into our neighborhoods and into this region and compel them to come, then how will they ever get here? It doesn't always happen that somebody drives by and sees a sign and sits in the parking lot and watches the sign. It doesn't always happen that somebody drives by and they feel a compelling to come in to see what's going on. But most of the time, those who need the Lord come because someone invited them, because someone took the time to reach out, because someone took the church outside of the four walls of the building. We are blessed with what we have, but if our blessings stay in this building, then it's of no avail to the lost of the city of Frankfurt. It's of no use to the people in Lafayette that are lost if the rock apostolic doesn't take the message of Jesus Christ outside of the walls of a building. It's of no avail to Lebanon that revi where revival has been locked down for year after year after year but when the church decides to be the church and when the church gets a burden for souls and when we can hear the lost crying out and when we're driving down the street and we see the people that are desperate if the Lord would just allow us to have a burden for the lost and we would take the church to them then God will give us revival I want revival I want to see so saved. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. 
I know that this hasn't been probably the best message, but it's something that has been down in my spirit. I hope tonight that I have been able to communicate to you my heart and my burden and my passion. I want to see the church be the church. I want to see us take every opportunity that we have to reach the lost. I pray tonight that God sets a fire down deep in our souls that we can't drive through our neighborhoods any longer and just drive by our neighbors and wave at them and say, how you doing today? Good to see you. And drive on because there's going to be a day that we're going to stand before the Lord and we're going to answer for those souls. I want, I want to be so moved for the lost that I can't drive through the streets of the city of Frankfurt without a burden for the lost, knowing that we have a wonderful children's ministry and our own children are sitting in these classrooms today. But what about the children in this city who've never heard who Jesus is? who don't know the first Bible story, that don't know that there's somebody that loves them, somebody that cares about them. Or we come in and we ask the Lord in this building, God, would you touch us and would you heal us and would, 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 you, would you take care of my sickness? And he will. But what about those that are in the city who are sick and who are in need and feel like that they have no hope? How are they going to know unless we are the church? How are they going to know unless we take the church outside of the four walls of a building? Would you stand with me? Oh, Lord, I pray tonight that you would let a burden settle on this congregation for the lost souls, souls that don't look like us. Let us have a burden, God, for the souls that nobody wants. Because if we burden for those souls, then you'll send us the souls that everybody wants. God, I pray, Lord, that you would send revival. Revive us, revive your church. Let us understand that the church is not about us. We praise you for every blessing. We thank you, God, for what you've given us. We're blessed beyond measure. Lord, but don't let us be satisfied with just keeping these blessings here. But there's a lost and dying world that you love. You died for them, God. Let us have a burden for souls, God. Give us a burden. Keep us awake at night. Wake us in the early morning hours, God, to pray, Lord. God, when we walk down our sidewalks, Lord, let us be compelled, God, to invite. Lord, to share, God, the testimony of all that you've given us, Lord. Set a fire down deep in our hearts, Lord. Give us revival. If you're willing to take on a burden to be the church, to take the church outside of the four walls of a building, would you come to the front? 
not just as a ritual of something that we do service after service, but would you let this be a life-changing moment? Would you let the Lord God, Lord, know that you're available, whatever that he has for you, whatever that he wants you to do, that you're willing to take those opportunities. You don't need a big stage. You don't need a pulpit. But, Lord, let me be the church. Let me win souls. Hallelujah. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul. Come on, commit it to the Lord. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Every hand lifted. Find down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in let this fire be your passion. Let passion rise up in you for souls to do a work for the kingdom of God. Slip a hand in the air tonight and make this your prayer. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. The shift in the modern church. We don't hear nearly as much preaching about heaven and certainly not as much preaching about hell as what the church 50 years ago heard. Today what we hear is messages about social events, our enjoyment, what we like, where our friends are. Heaven is real. And so is hell. This is a very serious subject. Conviction has fallen in my heart tonight. We have a job. Got to reach our world. I don't want one family member to be lost. I don't want one church member to be lost. There's nothing worth being lost over. 
there's a hungry world. They're looking, they're searching. I want to be the one. I want to be the one that says yes to the Lord. If that's how you feel, why don't you just lift your hands and talk to the Lord about it right now. God, I want to be used of you. Let it burn passionately in my heart. The desire to do a work for you. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul. thank the Lord for meeting with us tonight. Oh, what a great presence of the Lord.